0: Brilliant. Thank you, Kelly. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word, and we just thank you for this precious time this evening, that we have to be in it together, and God, I pray that you teach all of us more about you and your ways. Amen. Well, if you don't know me, uh, my name is Nicola. A really warm welcome to Christchurch. I have the huge privilege of being the vicar here, um, and it's great to be with you this evening and be in this service. Now, we are finishing today the end of a series in the book of 2 Corinthians. And you do want to kind of have it open and have a Bible on you, because we're going to be doing a little bit of looking at things um, together. But as you've been traveling with us through the book of 2 Corinthians, you will know that there's quite a lot of conflict that happens in the book. And tonight, we're going to be talking about Conflict. How do we do conflict? And Paul was in conflict with um, some of the false teachers, uh, with some of the people who'd sort of turned away from Christ, and some of the people who were like in the church but were kind of a bit wishy washy, a bit flaky uh, with their faith. And so Paul was dealing with quite a lot. But before we come back to Paul, we're just going to look at a few general points about conflict that it's worth noting. We're going to look at some general wisdom that we can find in the Bible and then a few points that we can take away from the passage that was read to us this evening. So a few just really general points about conflict. Um, I don't know about you. Has anyone managed to escape conflict so far? Has anyone lived life so far and not, uh, not encountered any form of conflict? Just James. Okay. We can, we can deal with that, I'll, um, I'll create some, no. Um, <laughs> I don't think, like, it just, is, it's all around us, isn't it? Whether you're um, trying to get a toddler into a coat on a rainy day, um, any parent in the room will know that level of conflict, um, whether it's um, a fight between a friendship group at school, whether it's in the workplace, different tensions, people vying for a position, conflict comes in and at us in all different kinds of ways, doesn't it? But a few just really general points is worth clocking. One, not all conflict is worth getting into. That's the first thing. Not all conflict is worth getting into. As a church leader, very occasionally, people approach me about things, and I just want to say, I don't care. So for example, one of these would be where we place the Christmas tree on this platform. I don't care, that's not a conflict I'm gonna engage with. I mean, it's nice that people care and want it to look nice, yeah, that's great, but if there's an argument about whether it should be on the left or the right, it's probably not a conflict I'm gonna get involved with. Some conflict's just not worth getting into. Secondly, some conflict can be really helpful, can actually be quite creative. It can stop us from swinging into an extreme it can help us hold intention. Some things that actually need to be held in tension it doesn't necessarily make it easy, and that's why it's worth acknowledging it. And I was giving the example this morning that uh, one example in like the life of church might be how much time do we let the band play? How much time should we give the preacher? How much time should we give to the person who does the notices? How much time? Because they're all like really good things. And actually, we have to hold them in tension. And at different times, we might give the band some more time. Other times, it might be the preacher. But we hold them in tension. And it's right that the worship leader is championing the worship life of the church and our praise. And it's right that the teacher, the preacher is bringing the word and championing that. But you hold that in creative tension. So, not all conflicts worth getting into. Some conflict can actually be quite helpful, can be creative and, and worth keeping. Sometimes, a, we have a conflict that comes up and it needs to be dealt with. And as Christians, we want to deal with it in a way that's faithful to God and is biblical. And then finally, we need to acknowledge that some conflict, even though we would like to have it resolved, perhaps won't get resolved this side of eternity. And sometimes, even for Christians and even within the church, that might mean parting ways. But even if we have to part ways, that we do that lovingly and as best we can. An example of that comes in the book of Acts, um, where there's a bit of a debate as to whether they should take John Mark on mission with them, and Paul says no, because he was like a bit annoying last time, because he kind of dumped us and went off, and Barnabas is like, no, he's actually really good, and I think he's really helpful, and he's got something to offer the team, and like basically they just cannot agree, and in the end, they part ways. And Barnabas and John Mark go one way to serve the church, and Paul takes Silas and goes the other way. Sometimes, with some things, we won't fully get it resolved this side of heaven. And sometimes it's just worth noting when a conflict arises what kind of conflict is it? How much of attention should I give it? Because actually dealing with any kind of conflict, generally for most of us, unless you're a narcissist, no, but it costs us something. It costs us something. But just because it costs us something, we're not always to just avoid it as well. So... What we're going to do, everyone's gone for interactive tonight, and so have I, so I'm really sorry if this is your first time and you hate talking to strangers, um, but we're going to look at some scripture verses uh, together in groups, and we're just going um, give, to give them out to you, and I'm going to ask you to look it up in the Bible, can be in like bigger groups if you like, and um, read the passage, and then ask, what? tip might this give me in a situation of conflict so how might this help me in a situation of conflict so I'm going to get James to help me give out some sticky notes and if you're willing to form just like some small groups um around you and um do again do just wave if you want to come and come and join me D. so if you can form some groups of like four or five people around you and uh here we go If you're joining us um, online tonight, it's really great to see you in the room. We're just looking at four different Bible passages, but in little groups. And we're just asking what they might say to us about conflict. So one of these passages is James chapter 1, verse 19 to 25. The other passages are from Philippians 2, verses 3 to 7. Then we've got one passage from Proverbs chapter 16, And one from Romans 12, verses 17 to 21. Great. Okay, we're going to draw back together. So um, it's probably just worth really quickly saying that in the church, when there's conflict, it's worth us noting a few things. One often conflict in the church actually hurts us quite a lot because we want church to be the place where we're with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So when we don't get on very well with our brothers and sisters in Christ, there's something of tension actually that hurts and it's worth clocking that. But there's also a couple of really positive things that it's worth clocking to. One is that we have a resource that the world doesn't have. We have the scripture, we have moral codes, We have a God that gives us grace for healing and for forgiveness. And these things are powerful in helping us deal with conflict. And I think the other thing to remember is that even though conflict can be painful, it can be difficult, it can take up time, it is sometimes necessary, even in the church, But when we have conflict, when we engage in it, we're to do so in a way that is loving. We're to speak the truth in love. We're to prefer the needs of the other. We're to be promoting of Jesus Christ and not self-promoting. And if we as Christians take those principles into our conflicts, we can actually model to the world a really healthy way to do conflict, and that's powerful. The problem is, is that you and I are like, mess up from time to time and get that wrong, and so quite often in the church, we need to say sorry to one another. We need to remind one another, um, have you actually prayed for the person you're not getting on with very well at the moment? Do you pray for them? Do you love them? And so these things are things that we need to help one another with in the church. Okay, so there's tons of wisdom that we've got in Scripture. So Scripture's that resource that we can draw on to help us in times of conflict. So um, I've given out four different, like, verses, four different bits of Scripture. And the first one is James chapter 1, verse 19 to 25. Is there any group that had that that would be willing to say something, a bit of a tip, something it says about conflict? Coming over here. Oscar. Um, we were talking about the being... Uh, quick to listen and slow to speak and the importance of how when you're a bit angry and frustrated you can be really tempted just to speak quickly but actually if you take the time to listen to understand the other person can really go a long way Excellent, I too suffer with that problem of wanting to get out all my points and uh, it's going to be really hard to listen to the other Maggie Uh, This was the same Passage, And in the middle of it, it said, evil is prevalent. And I thought sometimes we feel bad about situations or we don't understand. But we're not alone. There's, everybody is affected by the evil that is around that tries to bring us down spiritually. Yeah, sometimes they can get focused on one another and forget that they're actually the enemies at work as well. Yeah, thank you. Did anyone else have that passage and want to say anything else um, on that one? No? No more on that one. So it's got some important things for us to say. So when we're heading into conflict, are we coming where we're prepared to listen to the other person? Um, and sometimes that might mean knowing ourselves. and if you're a little bit like me or maybe like Oscar in like frustration or you kind of you want to get your words out, you want to get your points out. if you're wired a little bit like that and you know that about yourself before you have a conversation that's going to involve conflict, you may want to take yourself aside to get out all your frustration, get out your hurt, talk about it with God, talk about it with a trusted, Friends, so that when you come to the conversation you can be succinct you can focus on the issues at hand and you can avoid getting angry and so that can be like really helpful does anyone have um, the Philippians 2 passage verses 3 to 7 anyone at Greek have that I'm willing to share anything that came up there Monique Thank you. Um this one's huge. It says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus. <laughs> and basically in terms of laying down your preferences, yourself um approaching in humility. Brilliant. Does anyone else have that passage and want to say anything from that, Sam? Yeah, just adding to what Monique said, uh, I felt it was also saying that uh, don't have conflicts for your own gain. Um, Have conflicts for the right reasons, not for your own selfish reasons. That's helpful, thank you. Any other comments from that one? Yeah. So a big passage about um, being humble, about keeping Christ in mind. Um, Being careful to test our motives in conflict as well. Really, really helpful things. Okay, next one was um, from Romans chapter 12, um, verses 17 to 21. Does any group have that and willing to share? jean Luca. So basically what's saying to not take revenge on your enemies, but leave it to God to avenge you. And on the contrary, you have to feed your enemy if he's angry. Thank you. Starts as toddlers, doesn't it? He hit me first, so I hit him back because he hit me. Um, (laughs) And it can carry on in life. We do it differently as adults, but (laughs) we can carry on. Um, Any other comments from that, that passage? Toby. Yeah, we were talking about uh, the the line, as much as it depends on you, so you don't have to have the last word in arguments and so on. Um, silence can be helpful. Um, and, yeah, you can help with the healing process for the other person that if, if you take the feed your enemy in, in that sort of context... Yeah, it's really helpful. I can remember one conflict situation I was in where the other party in it just just didn't want to speak about it at all, didn't want to deal with it. And at the end, I just had to go, well, Lord, I can only do the part that depends on me. I can say sorry for the bit I think I've done wrong. I can try and explain the bit where I feel I've got something to say. But actually then I just have to leave, I have to lean back into you. And the sense in which as Christians we can lean back into a God who will make things right, who will deal with injustices on our behalf is quite a powerful thing. We don't always have to get in there with the last word, we don't always have to force it. Sometimes we do what we can do and then we lean back into God and that can be really, really helpful. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, Did anyone have the Proverbs passage willing to speak into that? Cool. Amelia. Uh, Yeah, so what we gained was kind of be educated on the topic and be knowledgeable on what you're saying and what the other person might be thinking and saying. So you come into it with kind of you're backing yourself up. So you're not just saying what you feel. You've actually got evidence behind it helpful, thank you. Did anyone else pick up anything from Proverbs 16? Anyone else? Ah, Sam. Okay. Uh, So the part that we looked at was more gracious words, so how they promote understanding and are a honeycomb. so we said that using words that are very important, so the way you say something, like not looking to belittle someone, but to kind of bring a grace and bring everyone up that can help resolve the conflict. There's so much practical wisdom, isn't there, in Scripture. It's just amazing. Yeah, if you go into conflict with guns blazing, or if you can go into it going, I love the way you care about that. I care about this. Can we talk about it? And um, yeah, really powerful things there. Well, there's one passage that I didn't give out, and that is a passage in 2 Galatians, and I just want to read it to you now, and it says this. It's Paul speaking. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles, because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. And I wanted to give this as our final sort of little bit of scripture um, on tips on conflict, because I wanted to say there are also times in the Bible when Jesus, when Paul, where other saints of scripture hit conflict head on. And that's the bit we often feel as Brits most uncomfortable about doing. Um, it's actually deeply uncomfortable. In this passage, Paul is going, Peter was wrong and I called him out to his face in front of everyone else. None of this like praise, critique, praise, sandwich. No, I just called him out because he was wrong. And um, you know, you've got the story, haven't we? We have it at Easter time where Jesus turns the table. It's over in the temple. It's actually quite forceful angry and bold and occasionally there are times for that type of conflict often they're the types of conflict in the church that we really shy away from feel deeply uncomfortable about and so what we need to do is think why are they doing those types of conflict and what's going on in that situation well both for Jesus and for Paul the thing that's at stake is truth the truth of the gospel and so when the truth of the gospel is at stake it is worth shouting about it and standing up and saying something because if they didn't in that moment the church was going to self-destruct And so that was significant and really important that they did it in that way, quite publicly and quite loudly. Those occasions don't come up that often, but when they do, sometimes it's right to call it out. I mean, if someone came running in here tonight and went, the resurrection's a load of rubbish, I would be going, no, that is actually what we believe and you can leave now because there's something so important at stake there that's at the very heart of our faith, that if we don't believe in the resurrection at all, well then, our hope in eternal life is gone, things are useless. Okay, we can, we can doubt it, we can question it, but if you're going to come in here as a church and say it's not true at all, then we have a problem. Actually, that's the truth I'm going to contend and shout about. So some trees, some things might require a level of conflict, which is quite different from normal situations. All right. Um, So we're going to look a little bit now just at that passage. The end of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 13, Paul is actually stepping up at this point and he's choosing to engage in some of the conflict that's going on. And you know, when we do this, it is, it is really hard. I was chatting to um, a friend this week who had to stand up to a boss and um, talking about how challenging that was, but that it needed to happen. And it just was like no one else in the company had had the courage to do it. And she took the plunge and did it. And although it's hard, it was incredibly fruitful. Now, Paul does that. He stands up and he is honest. When you read through chapters 10 to 13, there's no real sense of Paul beating around the bush. There's no sort of passive aggression or trying to hide what he actually means. He comes with an honest clarity. Too often in the church, we don't come with an honest clarity quick enough into situations and that's sometimes because we're shy we don't want to hurt someone we don't want to offend them we don't want to upset them but sometimes we need to come quickly with honest clarity The second thing that I'd like to draw out is how much Paul loves the bride of Christ. And this is about our motives in any situation of conflict. His motive is one of total love for the church. He's just like, I love the church so much. That even the sort of really defensive parts of his letter are actually all there for the sake of building up the church he's totally focused on the flourishing of the church above everything else and even if that means he's going to have to discipline people even though he doesn't want to he's going to do it for the sake of the flourishing of the church and Paul is so secure in who he is his calling as an apostle that he even will boast in his weaknesses and when we are in conflict in the church, it can be really important to make sure we've spent time alone with God, being secure in who we are, checking ourselves before him. The other thing I think it's worth mentioning is that Paul in this passage that was read to us speaks about his fears and his worries. When we're in conflict, what, what are we fearful about? What do we worry about? Often for me, it can be like, does everyone still like me? (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, It might be like, oh no, please don't let this conversation go on too long because it's really awkward and I'm deeply uncomfortable. Um, But what's your fear? For Paul, his fear, his fear is that people are going to get trapped and caught in sin. That's his fear. And so he's prepared to go to places of conflict with them in order to woo them away from their sin, away from their destructive behavior. And he talks about, I don't want to find you jealous. I don't want to find fits of rage when I come and see you. I don't want to find gossip in the church. I don't want to find sexual immorality. I don't want to find impurities. I don't want to find slander in the church. Because you're not rebelling against me, Paul. You're rebelling against God. And rebelling against God is so serious. And it's going to lead you to a place of destruction. And so I care and I'm going to call it out and I'm going to say you need to come back to the ways of God. And he asked them a question. He asked them, is Christ in you? It's a great question, isn't it? Is Christ in you? Is Christ in you? And before we enter conflicts in the church, it's a great question to be asked. Is Christ in me? Am I going to operate out of an overflow of Christ? How am I doing? Is Christ in me? And then finally, um, Paul in this passage prays, and he prays that they will do no wrong. He loves the Corinthians, and so he prays for them. You know, it talks, doesn't it, in Scripture of loving our enemies, praying for those that persecute us, not because those things, like, save us, um, you know, we're saved by grace alone through the work of Jesus. But because when we do those things, we're indicating that we're Jesus's brothers and sisters. That we're sons and daughters of the King of Kings. When we live out our faith, it's very, very powerful. And so Paul, despite his frustration with this church that's just driving him up the wall, he raise for them and so I ask you how much do you pray for Christ Christchurch W4 is it part of your prayer life do you pray for the life of the church for its grace and for its health for the flourishing of its people for their witness here in West London and beyond Paul loved the church he loved the bride and so he prayed it's honest he loved the bride His fears were about the traps of sin and he prayed. What amazing things we can take from Paul and that we can really practically apply. And of course we can apply all of that in the workplace tomorrow. We really can. It's so powerful when we do stuff. And I love this story so much because I heard it when I was first teaching. But there was a conflict in a staff room where um, those of you that teachers, uh, the teachers in this particular school would bring in their own little carton of milk and they would label it with their name and put it in the fridge. So the fridge was filled with one of those like really little tiny cartons of milk. But the problem was is that they'd all run out and so they'd just steal each other's milk and then they'd get cross because they'd come and their milk had gone and there was like this crazy bad atmosphere in the staff room. And this new Christian walked into the staff room and she went, that's a conflict but probably like we don't need to go there. And so she went and bought like two of like the six pinter, things of milk, and she just labeled them everyone's and stuck them in the fridge, right? Because there's so much of this Christian wisdom that we can take right back out with us tomorrow and apply into the world. Where can we help? Because of course, where it is possible, we're to be people that bring peace and unity, Very occasionally, we may have to part ways with people. But even when we do that, we're going to do that with the right attitude in our hearts. That we still will pray for them. We still love them. We'll speak well of them. Because it matters to God how we pray for those who persecute us. We pray for our enemies. And we pray for those that don't like us. It's the most radical thing. That we can do in our world today. How we treat our enemies speaks volumes to the world out there. So, church, when we do conflict badly, it's really bad. (laughs) Let's do the conflict we sometimes need to do, but let's do it as well as we can, right? That is transformative. Let's pray. Do you mind standing up as we pray if you're able? Let's stand.